to the Apostle Frederick Kaluluma podcast channel. Apostle Frederick is the senior pastor of the City of the Lord Church, and he has been anointed by God with a message that will take you deeper in your walk with Christ. We have the mission to bring hope to the hopeless, and we seek to build a community of believers founded on faith and walking in love until the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, if you would like to officially join the City of the Lord Church and get access to pastoral care, counsel, and one-on-one sessions with the man of God, fill in the form in the link below the podcast description. Now, here comes today's powerful word. It is your word. So grab your Bibles, pens, and notepads as we join Apostle Frederick from the City of the Lord Church in Lusaka, Zambia. Be blessed. It's such a privilege and an honor uh, to stand before you great people. I acknowledge every minister who has spoken um, and has just been of help. We acknowledge them in Jesus' name. Perhaps we'll get the doors. So it's such a privilege to be here. I, in particular, for those who do not know me, I'm Frederick Kaluluma. I'm the pastor of the City of the Lord Church. And uh, this conference is our beautiful gift to you. I want to talk about the power of conviction. I want to talk about the power of conviction. Somebody say conviction. When I started studying the scriptures, there is a verse I came across that just really um, helped me. And when I looked at it, it just blew me away. Let's start it from Romans 8. And I want us to start it from verse, you know, you would want to read the whole Romans chapter 8. But perhaps I'll be a bit disciplined and start it from Romans chapter 8, verse 26. Romans 8, verse 26. Praise God. Romans 8, 26. And we'll read it uh, quite quickly. Praise God. Now, The Bible says, likewise, the Spirit of God helps us in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which words cannot utter. So for those who wonder how we find ourselves praying in the Spirit and praying in what sounds like uh, nonsensical words, if anything, the Spirit of God helps us to pray with groanings which they are too big for words. And let's go on. And then, he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. I love that 
the prayers are directed a certain way. And then he says, now we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and those who are called according to his purpose. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. I, I don't know if you're seeing a pattern here. When the Lord Jesus was first revealed, he was first revealed as the only begotten. But then God had a plan. And the plan was for him to be the firstborn among many brethren. And so we've been patterned after the Lord Jesus. Praise God. That's why we can talk about topics like dominion. Now let's go on. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. Whom he called, he also justified. And whom he justified, he also glorified. Uh-huh. Let's just be faster. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Uh-huh. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Think about this. If to bail someone out, you needed to pay $10 million for them, and you paid it, Surely, do you think five quarter would be a big deal for you to give them if they were worth your 10 million? So the scripture there is saying, if you, if, look, if he didn't spare his own son, is it, is it a big deal to give anything else? And that's why if you came here believing God to touch your body, it's not a very big deal. He already gave you the best gift he can give. You're not going to beg for that healing. The Lord God Almighty is going to do something amazing in your life. Praise God. Let's continue. And who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justified. Listen. Have you ever noticed that society can think of a person as a criminal, but if the judge has said they're innocent, it would just remain a thought. And he's saying, who can bring a charge on those God has chosen? Let's continue. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also a reason. Who is even at the right hand of God. Who also makes intercession for us. We're building. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Is there anything you've allowed? I won't say to separate you because nothing can. But perhaps to draw you away from the place of conviction, from the place of assurance, from the place of, how can I put it, that childlike place of confidence. Have you allowed anything to draw you away? Is a bad grade that big that it can draw you away from believing what God has done for you? Is a bad moment in your bank account or in your TXN, is it that big 
that he can take away the assurances of all the promises of God that you have. Is it that big? And you know, it's interesting that when it comes to man, there was never a day growing up that I ever thought I would go home and my parents would deny me supper. Like they'll just say, today we just don't want you to eat because you didn't, you are not on your best behavior. There was never a day. Somebody say conviction. And so he asks a question, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Uh-huh. As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long, which are accounted for us. We are accounted for as sheep for the slaughter. Now you see, when Paul was writing this, the levels of persecution that the church was experiencing was such that we could be in a meeting like this and you are 300. Then the next night when you're meeting, you might find that you're 270. And you might look at yourselves and say, oh, maybe they got them. Maybe the other 30 were gotten. It was at a place where we couldn't, they couldn't necessarily enjoy themselves the way we are enjoying ourselves now. I remember going to China. And it really got me thinking because the whole time I was watching my back, I couldn't carry my Bible, I had to use my tablet. And then the whole time in a meeting, I would be praying with one eye open. And it was like a three or four day meeting, I don't remember. Let's just say if there was somebody who, you, you know when they say everyone focus on God, me, I wasn't the one who was focusing. Because the whole time I was thinking, any time now. And just when I was about to reach, I was taught stories. Oh my goodness. And then, there's so much I can say, but one moment that really blessed me. One of the delegates came and said, one of our biggest miracles this conference is that we've been having this conference and we've not been interrupted. That's what they said. And at that moment, it was not about the, the miracles, the miracles that happened. It was not about... It was not about anything else. There was a moment we all just lifted our hands and said, great and mighty God, we worship you today. And I can assure you, that's one of the best moments I've ever had. Because everything was put on hold. And it was on the trip back from China that God spoke to me about these conferences. It was on the way back. Wow. So it says, what will separate us from the love of Christ? I don't know what you have been going through. I'm not sure how the year has been. I'm not sure how the month has been. Not sure how the week has been. Or what text you received this morning. But what are you going to permit to separate you from the love of Christ? And then he goes on to say something interesting. He says, yet in all these things, yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors. 
Through him he, who loved us. And I remember reading this next verse. I was about 15 and it just changed my life. He says, for I am fully persuaded. I'm fully convinced. I'm a convict of this thing. I'm persuaded that neither death nor life. He starts touching entities which are quite high. He's, he, he raises the bar quite high. He says, neither death nor life. No angels, no principalities. So if an angel appeared to him in all its glory and said, God doesn't love you anymore, he would say, oh, go. That one I've refused. Not even angels. That one, not even angels. And says, neither death nor life. No angels. Don't change it. We're not done. No principalities. Are my eyes seeing right? I don't know if the light is okay. No did I read right? Not even breakups, right? So meaning from today on, when someone won't say God doesn't love me anymore because that guy doesn't love me. He was, he, he was never the one who was the determining factor of whether God loves you or not. Okay, I think the lighting is back properly now. No powers. No things present. No things to come. No height, no depth, no any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Fully convinced. And it's from this place of conviction that dominion manifests. Because God in his love created man and gave us an assignment to dominate. Somebody say, I'm fully convinced. Say, I'm convinced. Nothing can separate me from the love of God. And you know, sometimes when I read such verses, before I go into declaration, I like to go into prayer. I like to say, oh, God, if there's anything, and sometimes I'll identify them, that I've allowed because it can't affect him, it can affect me. God's love can be affected for me, but you can find maybe I can be affected. I can put myself away from a place where I'm experiencing it the way I should. I said, Lord, if there's anything I'm al I've allowed, I'm sorry about that. I understand why um, Don Moen wrote that song, why he said, I've made you too small in my eyes. Oh, Lord, forgive me. I'm like, yeah. There are times we actually really... We, we do damage to our perspective of how God is looking at us or God's involvement in our lives. And once that happens, once you start losing conviction over such, before you know it, you lose conviction over all the other promises that you believe in. Praise God. Say, so I'm fully convinced. Now, particularly... When it comes to dominion, it's the ability that God has given us to channel the resources of heaven and of earth into the divine plan of God. So with dominion, we've got the opportunity to decide what happens to something. Praise God. For example, dominion over money is not just you receiving it. Dominion over money is how you use it. 
So if today a person is on their knees and they are praying to God saying, oh God, please come through for me in my school fees. And then you are to remove money and help them. At that point, what you've become in that moment is answered prayer. And it means that in exercising your dominion, you've channeled a resource of the world called money and you've channeled it in such a direction that it has given someone and more confidence in God. And because of that, no wonder the Bible says, he who lends to the poor, he who gives the poor lends to the Lord. As in God sees it as so mighty that a person has actually channeled resources of the world. Imagine you turned to your neighbor in the next five seconds and you told them something very encouraging that brought them joy. And you never know what that word would do in their life. I said in the next five seconds. Just tell them something very encouraging. No, I'm serious. Just, just tell someone something very encouraging. Just tell them. Come on, guys, exercise it. Come on, don't be mad. Tell someone something very encouraging. That's all you're done. Three, two, one. Have you noticed they're probably smiling more than they were five seconds ago? Have you, you know what you've just done? You've channeled this resource of heaven called joy. And you've channeled it through this vehicle called encouragement. And you've exercised dominion. So perhaps for one or two here, dominion being exercised tonight, maybe you find in a hundred people to just encourage. And you channel that precious commodity called joy through your words. Now, I've come to realize that dominion manifests in greater measures as our conviction increases. Have you ever met someone who can tell you the same God loves you that you've always believed? But there's something about when they say it. It's like they are so convinced that you feel, oh my God, God loves me. What they said is God loves you. No, who's ever observed that? Who's ever met people like that? It means that dominion is being channeled because they are really convinced. There are certain people I listen to who make me be believe the Bible even more than I already do. Because when you listen to them, you can tell this person is convinced. This is beyond intellectualism. This is beyond emotions. There is a real relationship there. There are others who, when they lead you in worship from that place of conviction, you can tell this is beyond emotion. This is beyond good songs. There is a real relationship there and I would like to get there. Somebody say, I'm fully convinced. Come on, say one more time. I'm convinced. Praise God. You know, something about being a convict is that it makes you a prisoner. You just have to choose what you're a prisoner to. You have to choose what you're a prisoner to. You can decide in your heart to be a prisoner of hope. You can't help but be hopeful. There is no situation where for you, you can't just be hopeful. Praise God. Now, I want to just explain something. 
Ladies and gentlemen, the men and women that have walked on earth, who've manifested the divine, have been people who've been resolved and convinced. And that's why I would encourage us to have practice sessions where we exercise our convictions, like we practice our convictions. I was making my plan for next year and I've set aside every Friday. I wrote down 25 convictions that I have about the gospel. I may increase them. And uh, we're actually doing it with my wife. And every Friday, we'll be saying them. We'll be saying them. We'll be saying them. Just practicing what we really believe Jesus came to do. And I want you to take a look at James. James chapter 1, verse 6 to 8. Tell your neighbor the power of conviction. Okay. You're looking at me, right? Can you see me? John, come here. But I'm looking at you, David. Come. What, what's wrong with people in this church these days? They've stopped. The Let me try another person on this side. Maybe from the media desk, right? Can I try someone from there? Okay. Gladys, come quickly. Gladys. People in this church, I think we need to invite Pastor Matthew to come teach you on honoring your pastor. Maybe the front row will be easier. Brenda. Okay. Interesting. You know why. It says, let him who ask, ask in faith. Let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. Uh -huh. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. Why? He is a double-minded man and stable in all his ways. So maybe let me complete the exercise that I was doing initially. So Matthews, Christina, Mazova, come. Now these were the people I was calling. I don't know if you've noticed there is nothing wrong with their levels of honor. There's nothing wrong with their levels of respect. Why didn't they come earlier? I didn't call their names. They are fully convinced. I looked at them straight in the eyes, but no matter how much I looked at them, they were fully convinced that their names are what are. And there's nothing else that can persuade them otherwise. So meaning, if we're giving out stuff and we say, guys, we've got your things, and we started and we say, David, Matthews won't check, is that my name? If we say, Gladys, Matthews won't check, wait, did they call me? If we said Christina, now can you imagine what would happen if a person is not convinced about what their name is? How unstable they be. Grade seven exam, they'll write Chirufia. Grade nine exam, 
That day they wake up feeling like their name is Prince. <laughs> Grade 12 exam, they'll write Joseph. And then go NRC. They'll put their name as uh, Chiti. And then driver's license. They'll submit it as <laughs> Gwen. And then the passport, their name is Boyd. Now, can you imagine the instability that will follow such a person? Because one, they won't know what to respond to. And also society won't know what to respond to them. And that's why you notice that one of the biggest crises in this world is one of identity. Am I this? Am I that? Am I this? Am I that? Am I this? Am I that? Because the moment people are not convicted, they are not convinced, they will become unstable in all their ways. Ladies and gentlemen, the power of conviction. You guys can take your seats. Uh, Boyd, Gwen, and Gladys, take your seats. Now they've just like walked off like, you know what? <laughs> Is somebody getting something? Okay. Let me try to see if there's anyone here who at least knows their name. Righteous one, how are you doing? God's beloved, where are you? Okay. I'm looking for another one. The prosperous one, where are you? Come on. The one Jesus died for, where are you? The one who perceives the thoughts of God. The one who perceives the heart of God. The one who hears the voice of God. The one who responds to God. That true worshiper, where are you? Now, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen. I want you to hear me. If you want to build your convictions... I'll tell you one key. Maybe I'll tell you two. Convictions are built over time. And one of the things you can do is judge. You judge the source of your convictions. The Bible says, Sarah, Sarah received strength. That's Hebrews 11, 11. By faith, Sarah received strength to conceive. Because she judged him faithful who had promised. That's why there's a difference between something that is said by a rumor monger or somebody, something that is said by a speculator or even something that is said by an advisor. There's a difference between what they say and what an authority says. When an authority speaks, you know this we have to listen whether you like it or not. If somebody comes and says, guys, there might be a lecture Tomorrow at 2 p.m., you can doubt it all you want. Maybe they've been reliable before, they've not been. If the lecturer says there's a lecture tomorrow at 2 p.m., or if the class rep says it, you know it's true because the authority that be has spoken. Ladies and gentlemen, sit back and think about your life. Where would you be if the Lord had not been your God? Where would you be had he let you go? Would you have been alive? The many times you made mistakes that he covered up for you. And you know, in eternity, 
I think, you know what I think about eternity? I think it's not necessarily, yes, we'll be happy about our rewards, but I think it's God we'll be more proud of. Maybe we might see a few movie clips. Maybe we might see a few clips of the time you would have been hit, but somehow he just put you out of the way. Maybe we might see a few clips of that exam you should have failed, but somehow the lecturer just said, ah, okay, this one I'll give another chance. Maybe you would see moments where something could have gone wrong. But God just came through. Sometimes in spectacular ways, sometimes in very simple ways. I can imagine how that day will be. You know, like, and you know something? I want you to imagine, like, having Jesus standing right next to you, and then you're able to, like, watch the clips, and then you look, you're like, you made a way. Why should you wait for an imagination when he's right here? And imagine you can tell him, when our backs were against the wall, and that day, it looked as if it was over. That's, you made a way. That's why we must give God the best of our worship. We must give him the best of our praises. We must give him the best of our offerings. We must give him the best of our service. Because we cannot outgive him. So that's one way. You, you sit down and you analyze. Honestly, guys, I, 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 don't know, I, don't know, I don't know when God clicked the button for me to be able to host a meeting and have all of you special people come. I don't know what button he clicked. It's not like there is like a school you go to and then when you graduate, you can have a meeting at Mulungushi. It's not like, like that. These are just places I used to see on TV. Honestly speaking, I just used to see this place on TV during elections. Seriously speaking. And then, hey! <laughs> I said, hey! Ah, he's worth it. He's worth it. Have you ever had those moments? And that's why these conferences are important. Where you just sit and go like, okay. But even if I'm complaining about this situation, if I'm to count everything that God has ever done for me, there's no way he cannot do this one. Why you just look and you're like, one, two, three, four, I... Like that, that. You know what? The second thing you can do to build your convictions is to practice the word. I was at a breakfast meeting on Saturday last week. Those are the kind of meetings I like, you know, breakfast meeting. <laughs> I don't know, for some reason, I failed to reject those invitations. I don't know if I have any witnesses in this house. And for some reason, when you have those meetings, when you go for workshops, the tea tastes better. Like that tea slaps. Not so... <laughs> And somehow you want to have my conversations, you know? So how have you been? And you just want to give someone your business card. <laughs> you start looking for it. Okay. Now, I was at... And somebody sat next to me and he asked me a question about miracles. He said, okay, I've watched you for a while. He told me before he, he went to Onza, he was told, if you're going to Onza and you want to, like, walk in the calling, study the life of someone who was there. And there's this gentleman called uh, Frederick Aluluma. Study what he did. So he told me he had been studying me for a while. He had been wanting an opportunity to meet me. Then somehow at the breakfast, he was put next to me. You see why there are certain meetings you should attend. No, you know, sometimes connecting with people only happens in smaller settings. There, there was no Michael and Fumika to say, no, leave him alone, he's busy. As in you could do whatever you wanted. 
And so we sat down and he asked me about miracles. He asked me, how did you like start? Like, how did you grow in it? And I told him the biggest key I've ever learned with miracles. It's very simple. It's doing them. It's like driving. How do you learn how to drive? By driving. I'm telling you, it's, it's, one, of, it's one of those things you have to learn to exercise. And so I, I, I went back to the moments where I would stop people and say, hi, can I pray for you? Hi, can I pray for you? It may not always have looked successful, but everything was building up blocks. You see, some of us who go to the gym can tell you that day one, I didn't get pumped like this in one day. Day one may seem like you're troubling yourself. But I'll tell you this. <laughs> before you know it, you're struggling to lift a thousand kg, right? And then before you know it, 500 becomes easier. Why? Because you've been exercising those muscles. You build your convictions by doing. When you do the word, you have a fortified ground. Listen. Let's go to the scripture very quickly. Matthew chapter number 7. And then look at verse 24. Matthew 7 verse 24. As in, my God. And you know the advantage of doing? The more you do the word, the more things you see. And then when you see them, they strengthen your convictions further. Someone can't argue you out of what you've seen. You can't argue me out of what I've seen. I've seen it, like, with my own eyes, like, my goodness, like, not like watching on TV or something. I've seen it with my own eyes. I've seen it with my own eyes. 2014, a gentleman saw one of the miracles we did, sent me a message, and asked to meet me. And I remember because I was at a cage, so they even picked me up. And they came home, and there were two buff men. And one of them explained how he had an accident in 2001 and they cut off an inch of his leg and he also had a metal plate in his shoulder. It was one of those days where I said, God, these two buff men have come to meet me for prayer and for miracles. Do something. And I'll never forget that day. I had built faith for metal to flesh because a week or two before, there was a young lady at Onza who I went to see. She had been in an accident. So I went to meet her. She was with a few friends. I preached. They were bored. But then, um, no, they were bored. They were dozing and playing secular music. And then when I said, can I pray for you? I touched her. And then afterwards, the friend touched. Like, ah, where is the screw? Where is the screw? And they all said, oh, my goodness. One of them left. I can take this. I can take this. And... <laughs> And deep inside, I was just feeling, yeah, yeah. So when we tell you. <laughs> and then, so I built some faith for that. And I remember laying hands. And then the, the shorter leg grew. And then he tells me, wait, I can't feel what was here. I can't feel it anymore. And you know, he posted it all over Facebook. So in short, from that day, the visits I got. I can tell you stories. I have had days where I just, hello, are you home? Yeah, someone comes in. I won't even tell you my name. You just need to pray for me for ABCD. Pray for them, they leave. I had such moments. I'm not even joking. 
Now, did I always see results? No, but my faith was always built. It's like the more you exercise, the more the conviction grows. So you learn by doing. Now, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock that last. And then what? And the rain descended. The floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it did not fall. I, I think you moved fast. And it did not fall for it was founded on the rock. How strong are your convictions? Notice he's talking about a foundation. How deep are your convictions? How strong are they? What, 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 what's the highest level of pressure they can withstand? To what extent can they withstand the rain falling? The wind beating? And interestingly, the next verse, but everyone who hears this saying of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on sand. And what happened to him? The rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house and it fell. And great was its fall. Interestingly. And that's why if you are at a place where you're constantly backsliding, check your convictions. If you're at a place where you look back at the way you were for God. But then when you started having more money. Suddenly it felt, it felt like you're wasting your time being at meetings. Or like you can't overdance. That's for the young ones. Check your convictions. What, what's really your conviction over praise? And then afterwards, compare it with King David, who had more money than you. <laughs> Check your convictions. If somebody not liking you anymore is the reason you've decided you stop praising God. Check your convictions. You have to check. Pantry in the scriptures, some people, it was not, they were not even betrayed by a boyfriend. They were betrayed by parents. It's not like Jesus just promised good things. He also promised what, how the world would react. Others were crucified. Their lives were taken. You have to check how strong your convictions are. But if you're built on the rock, you know, there's that stamina, you know, the, the, the kind that can be, <laughs> yeah? I don't know if you're getting my point. You can be struck down but not destroyed. As in, they just can't get rid of you. I don't know if you're getting my point. Where well, Satan doesn't know what to do with you. In happy moments, you are, I'll still bless you. Harder moments, even with the tears, I'll still bless you. As in, like, what can I do to this guy? Check and strengthen your convictions. Glory to God. Somebody say, I'm fully convinced. I'm fully convinced. Say one more time, I'm fully convinced. Now, in the, in the earlier session, we had an altar call where many of you came to the front and gave your lives to Christ. I just want to check, is there anyone, perhaps you are not there in the morning session? And you'd like to confess Jesus as your Lord. Or you are there in the morning session. But maybe this is when you're convinced. If there is anyone, I can give a minute for those I need to pray for. The power of God is present even to convict. 
Would you like to have Jesus as your Lord? Would you like to receive his righteousness, his free gift of grace, his gift of the Holy Spirit? If you're that person, just raise your hand, please. If you came for the morning session, I know I can be very convincing when I'm preaching. But if you came for the first altar call, you don't need to come. I know I'm very convincing. So is there anybody else? Please raise your hand and raise it high. And don't be shy. Anyone? Whether in the balcony or right here. Is there anybody? So come to the altar. Everyone. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was bought with the precious Keep them coming. So come. Chief protocol and, and ushering organize my stage. We may need some there. Chief protocol and ushering in conjunction with media. Do what you need to do. Come on, praise team. Sing for them. Sing for them. So come. So come to the altar. We can make use of that side as well. We can make use of that side as well. Was bored with the pressure. Keep coming, keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. So come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was bored with the precious blood of Jesus. Wonderful. I want you to lift your hands. This is such a harvest. Lift your hands. Lift your hands. Don't focus on anybody else. Just lift your hands and close your eyes. And you're going to make this confession in the presence of all these brethren. I want you to say, Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I confess you as my Lord. And from this day, I'm born again. Amen. Now in the name of Jesus, I pray for you all. That you'll be filled with the Spirit of God. Oh my God. Take it! That you'll be filled with the Spirit of God. That you'll be filled with the Spirit of God. In the name of Jesus. Oh, wow. What a service. I have been so blessed and I know you have been too. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. You can reach the City of the Lord Church on 0777-930882. If you are unable to call, you can email us on thecityofthelordzambia at gmail.com or reach us on Facebook at the City of the Lord Church. Stay blessed.